truth is, I am Iron Man. Lieutenant Dan! Inconceivable! I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome back to Flicks and Clicks. Uh, we have got a show for you. My name is Micah, and I'm joined by a couple of epic guests. We've got Tyler, we've got Keelan, and we've got a brand new special guest, JP. What is up, everybody? Hello. Greetings. Hello there. JP, how do you feel, man? Being being as your first time on Flicks and Clicks. Uh, I'm excited and I'm passionate about this subject. He's pash sighted, everyone. Did you hear that? Pash sighted. It's a new word. word. We just made it up. Or he's ex ashenate. <laughs> Exhashionate. <laughs> Exhashionate. Ex- <laughs> We're really excited to come at you with some uh we're going to be ranking all three of the Lord of the Rings today. <laughs> it was three Just at kidding. one point. Goblet of Fire it, is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> today we're going to be ranking all nine of the Skywalker Saga Star Wars movies for you. I know Solo and Rogue One, we're not going to be ranking. We'll probably talk about them at some point, but we're not going to add them in our ranking. We're just going to add the episodic ones so the ones that start with episode before and some of you diehard star wars fans are gonna be like yeah but did you know that episode four didn't say episode four it just said star yeah we know but now they all say episode so that's what we're gonna do it's gonna be good we're gonna go in order tyler keelan jp and then me wait that's not how we're gonna do it i thought jp go was first. ending i'll go first yeah oh. it'll go me tyler keelan then jp Jake yeah. Will be last. Close it out. Close Pressure's it out, on. my dude. So if I you don't do the best, you are going to be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> my, my top I one mean, is a well, just controversial one. Later. Okay, I, I thought you were just going to say it right now. I was like, whoa, <laughs> spilling the beans already. <laughs> we'll leave it. We'll leave it for later. Bean spiller. Okay, so how we're going to do this is we are going to go one by one from worst to best. So that means we are going to share our ninth. Uh, on the go all the way around then eighth all the way around all the way until we get to three we'll do three go all the way around and then we'll do two and one because if you are say you're driving that's not really gonna matter or say you're you know not making your own list at the same time it's not really gonna matter but if you are you're gonna know which one is our final one after we share the other eight so we're just gonna do the last two all at once so that's how we're gonna do it we're really excited um i first approached jp about doing this episode probably six months ago. Yep. It was a long time ago, and JP was like, I would love to do a Star Wars ranked episode with you. And I was like, okay. And then, I mean, here we are. I'm, you know, we just had a lot of other things to talk about, I guess. And I mean, there you go. That's new info info for me. I thought JP approached you. That's what I keep hearing. It was when you guys were doing the top 10 movies and we were talking about Star Wars one night at youth group. And I was like, if you ever do Star Wars, I'm in. There you go. So he approached me, slapped me across the face and said, you have to have me on or I'll kill you. You can't be on the podcast until you slap Mike <laughs> in the face. So <laughs> true. you're in. Exactly. Imagine what I had to do to become but a co-host. Is... <laughs> had to hit him with a car. <laughs> On that note, I think I we should get everywhere. started. Um, okay, we're this is gonna be this might be a long, a long boy, a, a big, a big boy, uh, big a boss. fatty daddy, 
Big Hoss. Boy with a B-O-I. Could a be a female. Large, Who knows? Large chunker. <laughs> um, <laughs> just like that scary bad guy in The Last of Us 2, right, Keelan? Yes, the Rat King. They're just <laughs> This is going to be a Rat King of an episode. Um, that's actually alert. a pretty good analogy because there's like nine of them in one, right? That's kind of like... And there's nine movies. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna get started. <laughs> We're gonna go sort of fast-ish, I guess. So, uh, without further ado, now that you've been listening and saying, could you please just talk about Star Wars? Here we go. My number nine, my least favorite and personally worst Star Wars movie, is Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. I hate it. <laughs> I ha- <clears throat> I've recently watched some YouTube videos of other people who didn't hate it, and that's fine. I I feel you. That's okay. I mean, I don't really feel you because I don't like it. Um, so that's that's it. Uh, I didn't like it because, in a way, I think it turns the force into magic, and it just kind of you can do whatever you want with it instead of it being more interesting than that. Um, and I think it's, it's Ryan Johnson just kind of going, ha, I got you, uh, for most of the film. And I don't know, just specific scenes, Luke chucking a lightsaber behind him. Like he doesn't care weird blue milk that he's like getting from the teat of the giant, weird, nasty thing. Those squawking little birds were like the whole time are sort of cute, but they're the worst. And, uh, Force ghosts controlling the physical world was too far, and Leia floating through space was too far. I have no problem with Leia having force powers. I have no problem with that. It makes sense, but her floating through space is too much. I would expect that from someone like Obi-Wan or Anakin because they're like, Obviously, they have force powers, and it's like, whoa, when did they learn that one? That's cool. But to find out that someone has force powers by them floating through space, to me, is a little much. Um, and the whole 45-minute sequence of Finn and Rose gambling on the gambling planet is a huge waste of time, and I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, yeah, it also has... Sorry, I, I feel like I'm spoiling all the bad parts about this movie, but it also has like the worst battle logistics of any blockbuster movie I've ever seen. And the weight of the entire movie is that there's one ship, like, crawling at a pace that's just out of reach of the bad guy ship. And neither one of them can go into, uh, what's it called? Light, light speed. speed. Light speed, But the yeah, worst part them... is that one of them freaking can. And <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't know, man. It's like, it, why don't you just speed up and shoot them? <laughs> That's what I, like, why don't you speed up and shoot them? So, yeah, my least favorite Star Wars movie of all time is The Last Jedi. I also want to say one thing just in general for me. I enjoy watching every Star Wars movie, okay? If it's Star Wars and it's on screen, I'm going to watch it. Um, And I still haven't watched The Clone Wars, but I'm sure I will at some point, and I'm looking forward to that. So, there you go. Um what Tyler what oh sorry I thought when you said the Clone Wars I was like you mean you haven't seen episode 2 but you mean the no, actual no, animated no. series like the animated series yeah yeah, yeah. or, or Rebels I haven't seen those called, yet it's technically called 
um, Attack of the Clones. So there you my go. Bad, but I just. Uh, yep. So that's my least favorite Star Wars movie of all time is The Last Jedi. Um, I do enjoy the action sequences. I enjoy the visuals. The visuals are fantastic. The music is pretty darn good. Um, but man, the blue milk just gets me, man. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, that's where I'm at. So Tyler, what's your least favorite Star Wars movie of all time? I 100% agree The Last Jedi. But I think the number one sin that that movie um, committed was that it made Luke Skywalker out to be this stupid idiot. And I absolutely hate that. That's the worst part about that movie. The worst part about that movie. Luke Skywalker was the first hero of the Star Wars franchise. And they made him out to be this stupid idiot. I can't get over it. I cannot get over it. And they made him out to be just this crybaby. And the whole movie, he was a crybaby. And even at the very end, he was a crybaby. And I was like, how could you possibly do that to every Star Wars fan, Ryan Johnson? How could you possibly do that? Before you move on from Luke Skywalker, I saw a meme the other day that's very fitting to what you're saying. The meme was a picture of Luke Skywalker thinking, and it was like, Darth Vader has killed millions of people and leads this, you know, this thing and has been evil for many, many years. And it's on the bottom. It says Luke going, I sense good in him. And then the next picture is uh, Ben has a bad dream and he's like, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much it. So sorry. Continue. No, I agree with you. And I think that's the number one thing that I can't get over with that movie. But the other thing that I really can't get over is I'm a very, I I really value good storytelling, and Star Wars has never had that as like a super huge selling point. To be fair, but Episode Eight made no effing sense, and that's not forgivable. It's one thing to be not very good, like like, or even to be just good but not the best. But dude. Episode 8 made zero sense. All of the conflict seemed 100% forced. It was like they couldn't figure out what to make the problem. And they were like, oh, I guess we'll just take away this from a ship that could normally do it all the time. And everybody's really smart and they could probably fix it. But we're going to make it a problem for the whole movie. Also, here is the person who's the problem the entire movie, according to one of our supporting characters. But they're actually going to be the best. It's exactly like you said, Micah. It felt like Ryan Johnson was like, everybody thinks they know what's going to happen in this movie, and I'm going to make sure that there's 50,000 twists to make sure nobody was actually fully right. And it's like, great, you did that, and it's a crappy movie because of it. So good job, Ryan Johnson. You freaking screwed it up. (laughs) 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 I'm sorry, but I got to say this. That movie really makes me angry. (laughs) (laughs) I think last time we talked about this on this podcast, you and Keelan made some valid points. I think that there's some really beautiful shots. The shot where, um, the shot where Lightspeed, you know, rips through another ship. Beautiful shot. And what they did with the sound. Amazing. Mm -hmm. In no way, in no way, does that forgive anything else of that movie? I do not think that even is close to... I don't care if it's a good shot. You know what? Throw the whole movie out. I'll direct it myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I, that's all I'll say on it, because I'm sure some other people have some more, more details, but definitely number nine for me. Keelan. 
my number nine is episode two, Attack of the Clones. Um, I think this movie is just so boring. <laughs> it's, and I'll I'll preface it and say that I'm like I'm a huge Star Wars fan. If anyone knows me personally, you'll know that like a quarter of my right arm is uh, dedicated to Star Wars. I guess uh, permanently. <laughs> um, in in tattoo form. In tattoo form. Yeah, not that. Yeah, it, like, yeah. You didn't like make a lightsaber out of your arm. <laughs> he didn't which cyberpunk would be himself. Cooler. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. This movie is. Yeah, like I said, it's just it's boring. It's cringy. It's uh, it just kind of like makes me feel gross inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, they put so much emphasis on the the romance between uh, Anakin and Padme, and there's little to no chemistry between them uh i will say it, it offers some cool uh world building parts uh I, it showed a little bit of like the underground coruscant which was really cool uh with the bars and the grunginess of it i thought that was a cool addition uh and then from the arena sequence on i think is is relatively solid it introduces the clones uh one of one of my favorite things is you know when obi-wan goes to investigate kamino and and uh the the army that no one really knows about he goes and the i don't know how to pronounce kamonins kaminionian whatever they're called the guys with the long net necks you know um aliens aliens. that's what they're (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) um they're like oh you must be master sifo dias and obi-wan's just like yep that's me (laughs) show me what i told you to do (laughs) he just goes with it uh you know, it has uh, I can't get over the fact that you said you must be Master Sifo Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they sound, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, um, and then there's there's a couple cool action sequences: the the chase with Django and and Obi Wan, uh, the droid factory. Django Unchained. <laughs> yeah, is yeah, in this? yeah. Sorry, the fight with Jamie <laughs> Foxx and Ewan McGregor. It's dead Django, actually. <laughs> um. Yeah, overall, I would I would say this is it's a really boring movie, uh, with cool moments, uh, really, uh, you know, spread out throughout the movie. Uh, yeah, I don't really have a lot to say. This is, yeah, it's my least favorite one, but that's my number. JP, nine. it's hands down the Last Jedi. Number eight is the worst Star Wars ever. Um, yeah, Tyler and Micah covered most of it. Uh, there are two parts that I will say that I liked when Kylo Ren and Ray fought the red soldier guard things. That was pretty cool. Agreed. Now that was only about three minutes of the movie of a two and a half hour movie. Um, but it still sucked. <laughs> um, like it was kind of just a build up. like, okay, you killed Snoke. There were, they build up Snoke in number seven, and then they just kill him super anticlimactic. Just like, oh, look, he's dead, and there's no backstory of who this guy was. And yeah, that was that was garbage. I, I did not like that. Uh, yeah. I also love the point that Tyler made. They did Luke wrong in mm. this movie. He is a shell of himself. Uh, they basically went on the streets, found a homeless dude, and said, hey, you can play Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and and I'm pretty sure that's what they did. Uh, so no offense to Mark Hamlin, but yeah, yeah, that's what they did. Um, 
they added a bunch of characters that they just didn't need to. Oh, I'm sure we'll get to Jar Jar Binks later. But uh, number eight, uh, The Last Jedi I had Rose didn't need to exist. Uh, Admiral Holdo did not need to exist. And the Master Codebreaker really didn't need to exist. They were all awful characters. I couldn't stand them. Um, I think you guys already mentioned it. The light speed through the ship, that was pretty cool. But that was it. I mean, you could have done that in a much better episode. Uh, And then Micah already mentioned it. But Leia using the Force to save herself was probably my least favorite thing in the movie i remember in the theater when it was happening i said wow that's stupid she should have been she should have died i literally said that out loud in the theater i was like she should have died it would have been so much better um yeah they would have had i think kylo ren's character arch uh, arc would have been so much better if he would have not pulled the triggers his soldiers would have killed his mom and Instead, she survives by using the Force for the first time ever by floating through space, which was garbage. So number eight was was and is the worst one. Not to mention the fact that your head would literally explode. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not no, just your head. Like that. <laughs> she had like ice crystals around her face somehow. I And then, yeah. But I digress. It's cold out there, yeah. you know? Uh, well, <laughs> hey. Uh, there's also a lack uh, of air. Yeah, but that's okay. we've talked about this in depth already on our on our um, <laughs> on our podcast episode that had on nothing our to do with Rise of the Jedi. Skywalker Rise of Skywalker <laughs> episode. We really talked about the Last Jedi and how much we hated it way more than we talked about the other movie. But anyway, yeah. Uh, I, okay, moving right along. Can I we, can I just say yes. one last thing? One last thing. I'm so glad that you mentioned Snoke because I thought that Snoke was a great addition in number seven. And the so fact that they just killed him out and and literally not that they just killed him, but that Kylo Ren <laughs> How did Snoke get to where he was if he's that stupid? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And like the whole episode they're reading each other's minds and then you can't read his mind that he's about to kill you. Exactly. So Dude. Yeah. The Jedi beer. training on the <laughs> island was terrible. It wasn't anything like Yoda's training with Luke. It was, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Yikes. Last Jedi, we'll hear a little bit more about it when Keelan talks about it as not his least favorite. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Watch it be number uh, one, Keelan. Watch I would it be number one. Title. <laughs> okay, my eighth favorite which would be my almost least favorite is episode two attack of the clones. Um, I agree with you, Keelan on almost everything you said. Um, hot take worst hairstyles in star Wars history are in this movie. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi's hair is like puke. It's so bad. Um, I don't really care about like how people are dressed or what their hair looks like in movies, but I can't stop thinking about it. Every time I watch it, I'm like, wow, his hair is so bad. Um, and, uh, Anakin's little braid thing, not doing anything for him. So whoops, uh, worst dialogue in star Wars history as well. Um, it's so bad. Like, like episode one, Phantom Menace has pretty weird dialogue. Revenge of the Sith has pretty weird dialogue, but it is not, it's like, it, it makes, 
episode two makes those look like Shakespeare um, because it's so bad. You're holding me back. Like, just, I don't know, man. Just all the dialogue is just so bad. My lips are haunted by the kiss you never should have given me. (laughs) I pray that it does not become a scar. Whoa, what? Oh, my gosh. I don't like sand. It's rough. (laughs) (laughs) The amount of memes on that one, dude. Yes. Um, Okay, and Anakin Anakin and Padme's love story is so essential to Star Wars, but it's so boring to watch. It is so boring to watch, and it's most of the movie. The only redeeming factor in all of it is that their music is phenomenal. The music to the two of them when they're on screen is so good. Their theme is fantastic. So, John Williams, you made it not completely suck. So, good job on that one. Um, the Geonosians are scary looking, and they look cool on Geonosis. That I enjoyed. The whole sequence on Geonosis, I would have liked a shorter portion of a love story and a longer portion of the battle on geonosis Mm -hmm. because that was a lot of fun um camino like you said keelan is is really cool having a planet that just rains and his waves all the time like that's a really interesting concept i always enjoyed playing star wars games that were on camino i was always like oh yeah let's go to camino because that was really cool to me um and the characters are always in different places for like the first two thirds of the movie, like like none like the characters aren't ever together. Mm-hmm. Once it gets to like the last third of the movie, where they're all in that big arena, uh, Padme, Anakin, and Obi Wan are all in that arena. Then the movie's like pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Then it's like okay, okay, yeah, this is sweet. Um, but other than that, I just it's just I don't know, man. The hairstyles, <laughs> they're just they're just not not good. I, they're too die for in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to um, say this when I talked about it, but I will. I also want to say uh, Count Dooku, Christopher Lee. Uh, his his character is awesome. I I really agreed. Yes, Dooku's character. Um, yep, the bad guys in episode two are pretty good, mm-hmm. but the the good guys are just boring and mm-hmm. have bad mm-hmm. hair, and that's it. So that's my number eight, Tyler. Number eight. I'm really scared, Micah, that we're gonna have the exact same list. Oh no, we'll see what happens. We might. But I I also agree. Number eight, Attack of the Clones is. Dude, we might have the exact same. We might. We really might. I don't think so because I, I don't think so. I think there's going to be some changes towards the end. And really, all of us haven't really watched Star Wars together. Like none of us have really watched very much Star Wars together. Yeah, so they're genuine. Star Wars with any of you. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I always watch Star Wars with my family. Like that's the thing is I watch Star Wars with my family Mm -hmm. and. I you know I think I've watched a couple with you guys, but other than that, like Keelan and I, I'll say, have watched all of them together. We watched them all together, pretty much, except for the last trilogy. We didn't necessarily watch those for the first time together, but I feel like we've watched we them wa- together. We watched all except for uh, Rise Number of Skywalker, nine. I think, together at some point in theaters. Yeah, I think you. I think that's right. Yeah, because I mean, we're brothers. So, hey. my blood. <laughs> we what actually, else, Tyler? Attack of the Clones. Okay, so Attack of the Clones. Yeah, let me get back to it. So, I don't think... Let me just say, this is number eight. Everything from this point forward is enjoyable to me. The only one that I think was not enjoyable to me was Last Jedi. I, I, in fact, there are scenes from Last Jedi that are enjoyable. But, man, I get so angry watching <laughs> it. I can't get over the the Luke thing. But... Attack of the Clones, I don't think, gets enough credit. I think it gets a lot of flack. I don't think it gets quite enough credit. Keelan and I actually watched this a lot growing up. Like, we watched it all the time. We watched the original trilogy a lot because we had it 
that's the one we had um in fact the original trilogy four five and six we didn't own for a while we would watch them because we borrowed them from our cousins do you remember that keelan nope okay remember <laughs> Pey- <laughs> peyton linville had them and we would borrow anyway whatever it doesn't matter we would actually stay up really <laughs> late with dad watching them and listening to the journey greatest hits album but mm-hmm. um Attack of the Clones. So I don't think this gets enough credit. I think the dialogue's bad. I, I agree with Micah. I think the love scenes are a little bit too much. But I think, and this is from a 2020, st- like a hindsight is 2020 standpoint. I think that it would be really cool if the idea of the clones was established in the first episode. Like Obi-Wan Kenobi finds out about the clones and has that whole Camino sequence and maybe the first episode or something like that. It'd be kind of tough to swing that because of the time gap between first the first episode and the second episode. But it'd be cool if that kind of stuff was established as something that was going to be addressed later rather than this is what we're trying to establish. I think that's why the love story gets dragged out so much is because Obi-Wan Kenobi has to find out all this stuff and then get all the clones and then get them on their side and then actually use them in the entire episode. He has to do a lot in that episode. So all that to say, um, I agree. I agree with a lot of what Micah said. I think when they all get together, it ends up being a really epic movie. Um, and yeah, what, the love scenes are just kind of hard to swallow. Really bad dialogue. Here's what I wrote down. Imagine George Lucas sitting by himself trying to write a romance novel. That's why it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? There you go, man. <laughs> um, he really gave it his best shot. <laughs> he's just not good at it. He writes action movies, and he's good at that. But he's not totally. good at writing romance novels. But he knew that had to be part of the story. And so here we are with episode two. Keelan, your number eight. Yeah, my number eight. Uh, one sentence in addition to that, I think the the prequel trilogy should have started with episode two, and it. We should wait, wait. Don't we're going to talk about trilogies later. So I, yeah, I have no. a lot to say on that too. But okay, okay, moving on. Yep. Uh, more, more on the trilogies later. Gotcha. My episode eight. I mean, um, sorry, no. My number eight, my eight most favorite one is episode nine, Rise of Skywalker. Um. It was so anticlimactic, in my opinion. Uh, the beginning was great. I thought uh, Finn, Poe, and Ray together, they worked really well. It's a shame that they never got to... Uh, 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 Ray and Poe never met until the end of Episode Eight, which is ridiculous. Two of the leads. It, it was stupid. They work really well. Great chemistry. Um, after that, it's a mess, in my opinion. Uh, bringing back Palpatine was a bad decision uh you know we already had a, a, a an episode on this killing him in basically the exact same way he died in episode six getting shocked by himself and then well in episode six he got shocked by himself then thrown down a hole and then the, the hole that he fell into exploded and this one he just got shocked by himself and that's are we just supposed to assume he's dead this time who knows he could come back in two more movies you know it, it was just it was dumb uh there no consequences, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, if we do this, then this might happen. You know, C-3PO is going to have his memory wiped, and then he gets his memory wiped, and he's like, no, just kidding, everything's fine. And then, oh, no, Chewie died. Nope, Chewie's fine. And and then they, they the, the coolest thing was the 
the the turn for for Kylo. Um, he gets uh, ten minutes of screen time. Well, screen time probably like five minutes of screen time after he makes his turn, and then he dies. And it's just I don't know. I nothing against Ray. I think her character could have been written better, but I don't like hate her or anything. But the way the story was going, it to me at least, it would make more sense for her to sacrifice herself to save the the universe, and then for for Kylo Ren now Ben Solo to. Uh, have to deal emotionally with all the crap that he's caused um, and be a good guy. Instead, he gets, you know, five minutes as a good guy and then he dies. And then Ray is a good person through and through, through the whole trilogy and everything's fine. And, you know, th- you know, her taking the mantle of Skywalker is you can, uh, uh, there's conflicting views on that. Uh, I don't really know how to, f- it doesn't really matter to me what she says her last name is. Uh, her being a Palpatine is really stupid in my opinion. Uh, more stupid than her saying she's a Skywalker. Uh, the whole cloning thing, saying, like, trying to... It, it felt like Rise of Skywalker was trying to undo everything that the the first two movies did because no one had a plan and all they were written by different people and everything's going different directions. And it, it didn't need to do that. I think it should have just went with what The Last Jedi did. But instead it did the same thing Last Jedi did, which is what a lot of people don't like. They changed so much in Last Jedi, but then they changed so much back to what it, – it, it just – yeah, it, it was just a mess of a of a conclusion to an entire saga, not to mention the, the trilogy. Um, it just – it, it didn't do anything for me really. The beginning was fun. Uh, that's it. That's all. <laughs> yeah. JP, number eight. Number eight is episode seven, The Force Awakens. Uh, It's a repeat of episode four. And that is what I am thinking about, just like that it is a complete repeat of number four. I need to get my list of everything I put. But they overpowered Rey. Uh, She can already, like, doing, like, the mind reading or the, yeah, not mind reading, but what is it? Force pulling? Yeah, like force pulling when she can control the stormtrooper and like actually oh, starts yeah, controlling yeah, yeah. Mind Kylo control. Ren. The mind control stuff is like, okay, she didn't even know like what, she doesn't even know what the force is and she's mind controlling people and you never even see certain other Jedis who are much more powerful than her ever mind control anyone. What and this the rando, force? Yeah, just this rando just uses the force out of nowhere um, and is just absolutely a baller and then kylo ren who's this big old bad like uh sith lord and she beats him at the end never has wielded a lightsaber ever in her life and beats a sith lord it's like that's kind of messed up um i do like this movie kind of taking a step back from every other episode other than episode eight if it was on in a room i'd watch it um, and I'd watch the whole thing. If episode eight in a, was in a room, I'd probably be on my phone <laughs> <laughs> the majority of the movie. Um, so I do like this movie, um, but I think they overpowered Ray. And then I love actually Poe and Finn in this movie. Uh, Poe is probably the coolest pilot in any of the Star Wars films. Like Anakin's a good pilot. Poe is awesome, like the stuff that he tries to do. Han Solo, also very good, but I actually really like Poe as a pilot. And then Finn, I like the idea that they had of making a stormtrooper turn. 
Um, some people don't like it, but I actually do like uh, having a stormtrooper have a conscience. So, um, yeah, I think that's about it. But overall, episode seven, I think it was they repeated a lot of themes uh, from the original trilogy. So it I, wasn't great. In can my I, I'm yeah, so sorry that I'm going back to The Last Jedi, but can I mention <laughs> another thing? <laughs> sorry. Really quick. Really quick. The, we talk about The Last Jedi more than any other one. I just know, but there's so many things that are messed up. At the beginning of the movie, Leia saves herself from being in dead space with the Force. Guess what happens at the end of the movie? Guess what happens? Finn, and I'm pretty sure this is, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't he have a showdown with Phasma at the end of 8? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Guess that ship is literally open to space. Does Ryan Johnson not think about anything? <laughs> I'm sorry. But the very beginning of the movie, you made it a big deal that Leia was it's out in the middle of space, and then this entire ship is ripped open, and nope, doesn't matter. Phasma and Finn can have their showdown. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. One side of the <laughs> ship is ripped open. You know, it's a, <laughs> no. I, okay, yeah, uh, it's a huge ship. If you see it in comparison to the star destroyers, it's but ginormous. Keelan, listen to me. When a ship is ripped open in space, all of the air gets ripped out because space has nothing in it. Yeah, but you, you got to think about. And this happens in Star Wars all the time. Take Episode Three, for example. They they crack a window, and then it has a force field come up within seconds. You know, they're they're. These people have been living in space for, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. They know what to do when, when you know, uh, a hole gets breached in their ship. There's force, uh, you know, something can, can breach it. And, and But Phasma and Finn have an entire showdown when it happens. So, so then if that's the case, then why didn't there become a force field in where Leia was so she didn't get sucked out? Well, because her cabin was, they, they shot at her cabin. The whole bridge got yeah. like destroyed. And when I say when I say a big ship, if you, if you take uh, uh, Vader's Star Destroyer in Episode Five, uh, in comparison to the original Death Star, it's roughly probably like the same amount of square foot footage, or whatever. It's huge, and I would assume Snoke's uh, ship would be equally, if not the you know, way bigger. I just you know I think. Then the Death Star, or then what? Then whose ship? Well, then Vader's, which is bigger than the original Death Star. Vader's personal ship? You're confusing me. In ep- Okay, in episode five, Vader yeah. has his own personal Star Destroyer. Yes. Giant. It's bigger than the Death Star? Basically. It's not bigger than the Death Star 2. If, okay, if you look up different, if you look up the original Death Star versus Death Star 2, you will see how just how much bigger the... <laughs> Death Star 2. It sounds crazy. No, no, no. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at because the two of you are still going back and forth about ships and space. And I'm just saying it makes sense that you would have to justify this much for episode 8. I'm just saying the fact that you haven't even said episode 8 yet makes me furious. It's not 9 or 8. It's even even the fact that it's at number 7 makes me so angry. Get ready. It might not be at 7. It might not be at seven. <laughs> Watch it no. be number one. Watch it be number one, and I will flip the crap out. For the sake of the podcast, I'll flip the crap out. I just, I think there uh, are, are certain things about episode eight that make people upset, justifiably, but they use that to make everything else seem equally as dumb. When this is a movie series about space wizards and bears that can talk, 
And I don't think people have to think that, you know, that critically about certain things, especially with the way space works. I think, Leia, I will I will hit you up when you get to episode eight because right, I'm yeah, gonna have so see. much to argue with you about. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on to the next next person. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Number seven for you. <laughs> okay, well, um, number seven for me is oh, Rise man. of Skywalker, and I'm sorry, but that's it. Go, go ahead, go ahead, Tyler. <laughs> Actually, no. Okay. Uh, I was just really nervous because I thought you guys were going to start fighting about the Last Jedi again. <laughs> um, well, okay, it's gonna happen at some point. So I think episode. Wait. Yeah. Episode. Just... What is Rise of Skywalker? Is episode nine? Mm-hmm. 12, 9? 9. It's written here as episode 7, which is not right. Episode 9, Rise of Skywalker, has the most forgettable soundtrack of all the Star Wars movies. I think. It's the most forgettable. It's not bad, but it's the most forgettable out of all of them. I think the plot is so fast in the first hour that it's hard to watch. Um, Not that it's hard to follow. It's easy to follow, but it's it's like, oh gosh, it's just going so fast. Just because it's J.J. Abrams um, cleaning up Ryan Johnson's mess. Um, <clears throat> basically, the first hour of the movie is Ryan Johnson, or not Ryan Johnson, is J.J. Abrams going, this is what I would have done with episode eight, um, which is fine, but anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of with you, J.P., because was, this was your eight, right? No, no. Force, Awakens. Force Awakens. Tyler, was this was your eight, Rise of Skywalker? No, we're on the same page right now. Like no, it was Keelan's. Yeah. Keelan had oh, it was Keelan's. Yeah, yeah. So Keelan, I'm on. I'm on the same page as you. Um, it's the conclusion's okay. You guys, if you've listened to the uh, episode where we where we rated uh, where we reviewed uh, the Rise of Skywalker, you'll know that I am okay with Palpatine coming back. Um, it's it's okay for me. It's not uh, you know not the most ambitious thing they could have done. Um, it's kind of lazy, I'd say, but. I still enjoyed it, and I think it it still sort of worked for Palpatine's overall overarching storyline and makes him one of the most powerful bad guys of any movie, which is pretty insane. Um, Last thing I'll say about The Rise of Skywalker, because I'm sure we'll talk more about it, is that the choir of dark hooded people chanting in the dark depths of the thing was pretty weird. It was kind of like, whoa, and like swaying and... Made me think I was watching like uh, Survivor Star Wars edition or something, which I enjoy Survivor and I enjoy Star Wars, but they shouldn't be the same. So there you go. Rise of Skywalker has really cool visuals, has cool stuff, but so that's it. There's my number seven, Tyler. Mine is also Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Our list is going to be very similar. I think it's going to be the exactly the same. It, I don't think it's going to be exactly the same. I think. If nothing else, my number, I'm not going to say. But we, um, I agree with you on that. And to be honest with you, the first time I watched um, number nine, Rise of Skywalker, I thought that those were statues. I didn't even realize that there were people hanging out there. Also, there's only supposed to be two Sith ever. And so what are they? Worshippers of the Sith? Like, I'm sorry. I just don't know what they are. Like, they're monks of the Sith? I don't know. Um, we should we should make a movie called 
Monks uh, of the Sith. Monk Sith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Monk Sith. Star Wars Episode the Ten. Sith, monks the of the monk. Sith. <laughs> and it just follows like one monk, and you never see his face. It's just a dark hood it's dark traveling side with chan- no dialogue. Dark side chanting the entire song. No dialogue. No stare. No hairstyles. Still better than Attack of the. It's Clones. a musical. JP. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah okay, no. For, for similar reasons, I think taking uh, bringing Palpatine back was unnecessary. Although I guess it is kind of cool that he's the most epic bad guy. But I mean, when you start, we talked about this in the other episode. When you start messing with people coming back from the dead, it's not it's not an easy route to take. You better make it something that costs a lot. It's got to cost a lot. Otherwise, you've created for yourself a universe in which there are no consequences. Keelan and I can go on about this for hours um, for a number of different reasons and on a number of different series, to be honest with you. So anyway, number nine for me, same same thing, same reasons. Um, it seemed, It did seem like it was trying to make up for number eight. And to be fair, while I hate so much about number eight... Uh, <laughs> I think going and making a movie where you're trying to make up for everything, it just, it seems, it's hard. It's hard to do that. If you're trying to make up for everything, then you've made for yourself a pretty crappy story because you're trying to add a bunch of stuff in. I don't know. It's just not, it's not the best. There you go. Uh, Keelan, number seven. Number seven for me is episode one, Phantom Menace. Uh, I think Darth Maul is amazing. He's great. Uh, Tyler is so livid right now. <laughs> I am like, keep going. He, uh, <laughs> in terms of just the episodic uh, movies, Darth Maul is really cool. He's got cool tattoos, got horns on his head, and he can do flips. He becomes a lot cooler if you watch the TV shows, but we're not talking about that. So it's just a guy who looks kind of cool. Uh, and has a double-sided lightsaber. Great. That's fun. Uh, the pod race, awesome. I think it adds... Uh, one of my favorite things about Phantom Menace, uh, it adds a lot of... Uh, I don't know if you would say lore, but it, it expands Tatooine a lot, uh, how things work there. Um, uh, Tatooine is, I think, is my favorite planet uh, in all of Star Wars, uh, and it's it, it shows a lot of like the daily life of people. Uh, and how things are run, at least back in in those days. Uh, Qui-Gon is so cool. Uh, He is a Jedi Master who refuses a seat on the Jedi Council, and he disagrees with a lot of what the Council does, but he's still a Jedi. Like, he's he's such a great character. Uh, And, you you know, uh, Liam Neeson is awesome. Uh, And uh, I, I really enjoy the end also. Um... I still get chills to this day when I watch this, um, when they're doing the, the, it's kind of reminiscent. Uh, if we're talking about things that are similar to the original, uh, a new hope, uh, you know, with the trench run and all, you know, it happens, uh, the ships go and they have to defeat this giant orb thing in the sky. And uh, the same thing happens in this one. Uh, but it's really cool that it's Anakin Skywalker doing it. Um, when he's the one who's trying to stop it in episode four and he's just a kid. And some of the events that lead up to this are kind of, you know, it's obviously more of a kids' movie than the other ones. Um, 
But, it, oh, I still get chills every time when you start seeing the ship blow up from the inside. And all the other Naboo fighters are like, what the heck is happening? We don't know what's going on. And they're like, no, one of ours from the inside. And it shows Anakin Skywalker, a freaking eight-year-old or whatever, zooming <laughs> yeah. through the inside of the ship. Yeah. Everything's blowing up behind him. He's like, like It's so cool. Uh, and uh, that's about it. Uh, I think the lightsaber fight uh, between Qui-Gon... Obi-Wan and Darth Maul is one of the best ones in the series. Uh, the only thing is, is that I would say the pod race, which happens about halfway through the movie, and then the, the end sequence are really the only things that are, like, really cool. The stuff on Tatooine is great, and I like that. Um, but all the stuff that happens, the, the politics, that's when it starts introducing all the politics and everything, which is, I'm sure, interesting for a lot of people. It, it, for me personally, not so much. Uh, so there's a few parts that I really like and then the rest of it is kind of just filler and it's whatever to me but the music is really good this was the introduction to the the sequel version of John Williams music and it's phenomenal it's so great um but yep that's my number seven JP number seven uh number seven is number two uh, attack of the clones uh for many of the same reasons that you guys have all said the dialogue and some of the lines are just like cringy. Like you just like, that's awkward. And like, that's literally how you feel for several of the lines. Um, when I, I remember watching this when I was late elementary, middle school, and I thought the Yoda fight at the end was just the coolest thing. Like when he's like bouncing off the rocks and Yoda was the coolest Jedi ever. Um, but at the same time, it was so anticlimactic. It was so fast. Like that last fight, if you actually like in minutes, it's only, it's like five minutes total. And that's including Anakin, Obi-Wan getting their butts whooped and then Yoda walking in. And it's like a five minute fight total. Um, unlike other episodes, we'll, we'll get into it where they last for several minutes. Um, so just kind of anticlimactic. I love the arena scene. Uh, it reminded me very much of like a Roman gladiator coliseum, which is just amazing. I really like that. Uh, the clones, obviously you guys have already mentioned that, but the introduction of the clones, I think is a really important aspect of just all of Star Wars because then they turn into the stormtroopers and so on and so forth. Um, and then just the bounty hunter. I wish they would have done more with Django. It would have been so cool to see just them do more with Jango. He dies so fast in the arena. Mace Windu just like blocks his like laser bullet things and then just cuts off his head and he's dead. So I wish they would have done more with Jango. But overall, I liked the movie. It was just very awkward. I think it was a really good introduction to Anakin's battle between dark and light. Uh when he goes and kills all the sand people and he is holding his mom and his mom dies. I think that was a really good, like emotionally touching thing where you almost feel for Anakin and you're like, yeah, I'd kill those sand people too. And you understand and almost like you're like, put yourself in his shoes and you're like, yeah, I would choose the dark side too. Like I'd go kill them. Um, so I think that was a really cool aspect of the story, but then he gets back and he just like pouts in that house and it's awkward, but uh, yeah, so that is number seven, which is also number two for me. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up, uh, talking about Attack of the Clones, that, that scene in particular where he kills the sand people, I think that scene could have been a lot longer. 
Oh, yeah. Like, a lot longer, and it would have been way better for Anakin's character. Like, he, I don't know, kills them all, and then, and you watch all of it, and you just see him, like, getting really, really angry. That movie's only and rated going PG, back. right? Right. It, so, I think... Because I, I think it might be PG Revenge of the Sith was the first PG thirteen of any of the Star Wars. Really? Okay. And then, but I think like if you if they would have done an in depth thing with the Sand People, where he would have killed the women and children. That would have been, so, been so good for the character. Anyway, yeah, I think Attack of the Clones. The other one. Yeah, I well, I think Attack of the Clones would have been a better movie if they, the all the things that happened make sense. But if they mm-hmm. just switched up how long. All yeah. these things took like the romantic, the romantic part, was... part shorten it up. Some of the stuff at the beginning shorten it up and lengthen out the battle sequence and some of the stuff with Anakin by himself wrestling with his mom dying and stuff like that. I think would have been anyway. Excellent. Uh, we are moving on. Number six for me is episode one, the Phantom Menace. And I think the dialogue is hokey. Um, it's not nearly as bad as in attack of the clones, but I think the dialogue is still pretty hokey. And I will say, though, it has one of the coolest openings of any of the Star Wars movies where it's just Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, like, hanging out. And he's like, Master, destroy us! And then they, like, zoom past him. That's cool. And all that stuff. And that weird robot that's like, they're going to the ventilation shaft. And all that good stuff is, is good. And I like it. And, um, yeah, I I think... The the flappy fla- the flappy faced toad guy boss Nass who's like mm-hmm. is pretty great too and that's a highlight <laughs> for me. <laughs> I agree with Keelan. It's uh, in a lot of ways the most uh, kid oriented Star Wars movie and is is the best for kids. Um, and in a lot of ways, I like that. Mm-hmm. The pod racing is awesome. And every time after I watch the movie, I think now this is pod racing. And I can't stop <laughs> saying it. <laughs> and yeah the pod racing is so cool um the, the duel of the fates when the three the two jedis are fighting uh darth maul is so cool the music is so iconic probably the most iconic if not tied for the most iconic star wars music of all time next to like the imperial march maybe um and all the time, like you said, Keelan, all the time spent on Tatooine is a lot of fun, and you just see a lot more of it. Um, I think it's cool. Um, yeah, that's 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 Phantom Menace for me, man. Plus, the very end, when uh, Boss Nass holds up that orb, and he's like, and they're like, yeah! I like that part, too. It's pretty great. <laughs> um, and there's always a bigger fish, is the last thing I'll say. Tyler, number six. Um. I don't want to forget this, so I'm going to mention it now. Okay. Um, number six is not Phantom Menace for me. It is Force oh, Awakens. Snap. But I do want to mention this beforehand. Um, I've never, I just thought of this literally just now. So slap me in the face if I'm way off. But I, the song that plays when uh, they're fighting Darth Maul is Duel of the Fates. Yes, sir. It's called Duel of the Fates. But there's three people fighting. So I think to myself, why in the world is it called Duel? <laughs> Of the fates. But here's what yeah. I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. And maybe this is a George Lucas thing. Maybe it's a total coincidence. And maybe I'm just overanalyzing it because I'm an English teacher. But you have Qui-Gon Jinn. You have Obi-Wan Kenobi. Qui-Gon wants to train Anakin. Obi-Wan Kenobi does, doesn't know. I mean, he's still a Padawan. 
Would the entire Star Wars saga be different if Qui-Gon Jinn actually got the chance to train Anakin? A better fit, if you ask me. Absolutely. To train Anakin. Yeah. Than Obi-Wan Kenobi. Would it have ended differently? So, Keelan, you, you've thought about this before. What do you think? Well, I yeah, I think Duel of the Fates is, is very much the fate of Anakin Skywalker, which, you know, in turn is the fate of the entire galaxy. Um, I think if Qui-Gon ended up training Anakin... Qui-Gon was, uh, you know, he does not like what the Order does. He He's very much against it, but he, he is a Jedi, and he adheres to a lot of their teachings. Um, Obi-Wan, on the other hand, is very much a rule follower, and he's by the book. Uh, and I think Anakin is not, and that created the division between them and that friction and all that stuff. I think Qui-Gon would have been able to train Anakin in a way that would, would have uh, helped him stay true to the path uh and when all the things with Palpatine came up that I think Qui-Gon would have been able to steer Anakin in the right direction. So I think Duel of the Fates is very much uh, the fate of Anakin and then in turn the fate of the entire galaxy because Qui-Gon really wants to be able to be there for him because I think he can sense that with Anakin, that he needs someone who's super cool like me. That's that's the inner <laughs> monologue that I think is going on in Qui-Gon's head in Phantom Menace. I think that's awesome. That's really cool. I like that because I'm an English nerd, <laughs> like overanalyzing things. But seriously, Duel I, of the Fates, I never thought talk, of that. Let's talk more about that when we talk about trilogies. Okay, sounds good. So number six for me, Force Awakens for me. I agree with JP, and in fact, I'll be honest with all of you guys, I switched around my orders a little bit as I heard you guys talking because I totally agree with some of the things you're saying. And I think that although I think Force Awakens is epic – and I'd love to watch it. Just like JP said, I would sit down and watch it. I think it's cool. I love the characters that they introduced. All of that. It's totally a repeat of number four. It totally is. And so when I started, when you start to realize that, you kind of go, I think I know how this is going to end. And it, sure enough, it ends like that. There are some character endings that are very unexpected. But even that, if you think about it, Think about A New Hope. Think about this movie. There's a very surprising death in A New Hope as well that is very, very important. So, you know, it's way too much of a repeat. Like, so much so it's un- it's unabashed. It's like, we totally copied this, but I hope you like it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of lame. So I got to give Phantom Menace more credit for being a brand new story. That's why it's higher on my list than force awakens so jp you convinced me i love that uh so that would be keelan number six My number six is at long last episode eight the last jedi um i think out of the sequel trilogy this one has by far the most well thought out script um i think it it wants to tell a story and whether or not you agree with the story or not i think it tells the story that it wants to tell and I uh, give it props for that. Um, Which is a four-letter <laughs> expletive, but go ahead. <laughs> um, I think the the connection that it introduced uh, between Kylo and Rey were really cool. I, uh, how it progressed throughout the film, where it first was them just being able to see each other and talk to each other, and then by the end, um, when Rey was in a uh, an area where it was raining, and they had that connection, and then... It ends, and then Kylo looks down at his hand, and there's water on it. I think that sets up uh, the events of, or some of the things that happen in Episode Nine, very beautifully. I really like that. 
Um, I will admit, I think Luke behaving the way he did was pretty dumb. I, however, I think him being a hermit at the beginning isn't in, inexcusable. Um, what you guys mentioned was how he looked into Darth Vader and sensed that there was good in him, and so he wanted to fix things, and that's valid. Um, the thing that Luke says that a lot of people forget about is that he tried to do the same thing with Kylo. He looked into him, and he sensed no good. That was the thing. That's why, for a split second, he ignited his lightsaber. It wasn't the first or the second flashback. It was a third where he looked into Kylo, trying to find the same good that he found in his father, and he couldn't. And so, for a split second, he lit up his lightsaber. He regretted it, but it was too late. It's all, it, you know, it was just a split second. Um, and uh, the thing that is inexcusable for me is that the fact that after everything that Ray presents to him, that he still refuses to go and help his sister and all that, I think that is dumb. I think he absolutely would have. Uh, the fact that he went out and tried to be by himself, I think that's fine. Um uh Finn and Rose that whole thing wasn't a wasn't a good thing for me either. Uh I however I do like uh Benicio del Toro's character as the master code well, not the master code breaker but a code breaker that they end up finding. I I love his character. I wish he was somehow involved with uh episode 9. Uh the the fact that they say like when they steal the ship and then uh del Toro's character is like, "Oh, well this person made his money off of selling uh, arms to the bad guys and then he flips through a f couple more pages and then it shows an X-Wing and he's like oh and he sells to the good guys and that it's a lot more gray than people make it out to be I think that was a really really cool addition um, and uh, the fact uh, you, you guys brought up how they made the force magic or whatever like at least to me like the force is magic and they, they're always introducing new things they you know, you know if you, if you play Jedi Knight Fallen, or not Jedi Knight, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, where it shows Cal Kestis, uh, you know, he's rummaging through dead bodies and he sees their past and everything. No one throws up a hissy fit over that. And that's, you know, there's a character, uh, Quinlan Voss in Clone Wars, that does that same thing, but I doubt the majority of the people have watched Clone Wars. The same thing with, uh, in Mandalorian, before Episode Nine came out, uh, Baby Yoda healed Mando, and everyone's like, oh, that's so cool. And then Ray does it, and everyone's like, what the heck? Why the heck? Why would Ray be able to do it? Like, it, it just, I just sense some, like, it just, it doesn't match up with everything that Star Wars comes out with. Like, people pick and choose uh, what is okay and what isn't. And I think, um, in my opinion, things have been set up relatively well. Uh, we're not talking about trilogies. Well, we'll get into that more later, I guess. Um, but... Yeah, I again, what Micah said, I think is a beautiful in terms of like cinematography. I think there's great uh, shots, great colors. The the crate battle is one of my favorite battles in all of Star Wars uh, with the white salt where you like kick up the red underneath it, I think is very cool. Uh, the music is really good. Um, and yeah, we talked about the other things. I, I agree with you a lot on, you know, how some things weren't needed. And, and it's just I I guess where it comes down for me is that. I think they were a little more excusable than I guess you guys do. but So that's why it's so high on my list. So I'm going to just say these are my last things. I think you make really valid points. I really do. I agree with you on a lot of your points. But the inexcusable things to me are not the force magic things. They're not. No, no. Those, to me, the inexcusable things are what they did to Luke and like the mm -hmm. overall story as a, as a whole 
I really do agree with you. I think the the aspect of Kylo Ren versus Luke Skywalker is very interesting. I think it's really cool. It's such a small part of that movie. Oh, the biggest part of the movie are all the story parts that make no sense to me. Like, they go down and get the code breaker, and it doesn't matter at all in the end. Mm-hmm. Snoke ends up not mattering at all. <laughs> you know? All of these things, like, you know, people are dying like crazy, and this lady's like, you know, I'm going to die on this ship. And then after she lets multiple people die, she decides to go and and do the light speed thing. Like, that's human, I guess. I probably wouldn't think of the light speed thing right away from my outside perspective. But, well, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, the way they, Admiral Akbar is reintroduced in this episode uh, as... A background character i don't even think he has a line and then he is killed in the bridge too and no one cares about it i think the way they treated uh favorite characters from the original trilogy is really bad i i, I mean the what it boils down for down to for me in terms of how i rank these things is how much i enjoy watching them and i enjoy watching the last jedi more than some of these other ones specifically for this it, i think it's a very beautiful movie to watch and Fair enough. Yeah, I you know there's questionable things that I would have changed about the the treatment of characters, but I mean if you really want to get down to it, George Lucas had Luke being a hermit and dying in his treatment of the sequel trilogy as well. I mean, it. I don't think you can really make anyone happy unless you changed it completely. But I think they I think they did take a lot of what George Lucas had in mind and they changed it in certain ways that they thought would benefit. And whether or not you believe they benefited it, I think the skeleton at least is, it remains somewhat the same. I don't know how the movie would have ended in George Lucas's version, but uh, that's the main thing. I think the movie should have ended a different way. Him, you know, saying there's no good left in Kylo and I really wanted to save him. And then him coming back in the force projection and just taunting him the whole time. Doesn't make any sense. Like he should have been like, no. And Kylo says, are you here to save me? And Luke is like, no, of course not. You suck. I hate you. And it's like, what, what the heck were you talking about the whole rest of the movie? <laughs> I think there's there's a lot there that I don't like. Um, but, I mean, you know, there's so many movies in this in this series. Obviously, you're going to come up with your own, like, preconceived notion of how the world should work, how these characters should work. Like it or not, you know, the characters behave the way they do on screen. And so at the end of the day, you just kind of have to, all right. No, and I respect that. I'm glad we don't all have the same order. I really, I really am. One, one last <laughs> thing, because I know we talk a lot about Last Jedi, and I don't want to talk about it any more than this. But at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi, after Luke defeats Vader, he throws his lightsaber away. It's not like he puts it, he, he reholsters it on his belt. He throws it away. No, I'm done fighting. Is, is there's no good that can come from this. And so I think that influenced his decision to leave at the same time. Again, I still think that after knowing what the world was or what the universe was like and that his sister was in danger and how about innocent people were getting killed and all that stuff, he should have gone and helped them. But at the same time, like he was, he did not want the conflict. He didn't want the war. He didn't, he just, he cared about his family and that's what his uh, initial goal was. And yeah, Kylo was his family. All that. Yeah, whatever. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things that should have been different. Um, but I think Luke's character was set up to be like, there's things more important than winning. 
and I th- I think that translates a little bit, at least in my opinion, to his character in Last Jedi. Anyway, enough about Last Jedi. We've talked about that a lot. Moving on. JP. All right. Number six is episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker, uh, for several reasons that you guys have already said. Um, a lot of the battle scenes are just kind of over and done with very quickly, and I think it's when Ray defeats Kylo on the broken Death Star, and then like she heals him, right? Yeah, she heals him. Is like, hey, I just killed you, kind of, and now I'm gonna heal you, and you're gonna be good. It just was weird, and I didn't get it. And I was like, okay, they're gonna be good together, and then he dies later in the movie, and you're like, okay, I'm so confused of what on earth they're writing but at the same time i liked the movie uh overall it wasn't amazing that's why it's in the bottom four um but this is what i wrote down i said this episode did the best they could with the junk they were handed um (laughs) and i mean they were handed number seven which was just a repeat episode and then they were handed number eight which was a big pile of crap and so (laughs) with that being said I mean, J.J. Abrams had to do everything he could to try to save it. And yeah, he, like, I think, Michael, you were saying it is in that first hour of the movie, it's just so fast, just one thing after another. And I think he's trying to basically cram two Star Wars movies into one Star Wars movie. Um, So it was good. Uh, I am indifferent on Palpatine and him being back and everything. Uh, I think the idea of Ray being a Palpatine is actually kind of cool. Um, but I don't love the idea of like Palpatine still being alive. Um, I think it would be cool if she was just a Palpatine, but Palpatine was dead. I think that would have been okay. Um, but I like the introduction of actually she has parents. They weren't just nobodies. (laughs) Um, like they said in number eight, which was one of the big things also like in seven, it was who are Ray's parents. And in the, episode eight they're like oh they're nobodies and you're like okay that's can't be can it and you're just like wondering and then in nine you find out it's actually she's a a palpy she's a palpatine so um yeah so number six for me is episode nine not much to say about it though shout out to palpy palpy um palpy my number five is episode seven the force awakens I, okay, I, this is lower on most of you guys' lists, and that's okay with me. I get it. Um, and I'm not going to switch it with The Phantom Menace like you did, Tyler. I thought about it, just like you did. Like, before you said it, I was thinking about it. I decided not to because, I know this is kind of unfair, but if you take all of the movies away, and you just watch The Force Awakens not thinking that it's a repeat of episode four. You take it as a standalone movie. If that was the first Star Wars movie you ever watched, it would be pretty sweet. It would be. Pretty sweet. There would be a lot of things like Han Solo and Chewie coming back where people cheer that you're going, wait, what? Do I Am I supposed to know who they are? You know what I mean? That you wouldn't get, and that's fine, and that's why A New Hope is higher on the list. But I think The Force, Force Awakens holds up, and I think it holds up the most out of the new trilogy. Um, and that's why it's the top of the new trilogy for me. Um, it's, it, you know, 
I think another, sorry, another bad thing about it is I think it was made on the notion that people don't like the prequels. And that doesn't make sense to me because there's a lot of, I don't know, media hate towards the prequels, but most Star Wars fans that you, uh, that you ask are like, yeah, I like the prequels. Like, you know, there's some, they're not as good as, you know, four, five, six, but you know, I like the prequels. That's what most people say, right? Like they're like, oh, I, I, you know, I watched them. I still do, you know? Um, and so for me, that notion of, I think was a big part of why they just kind of went back to the original form. They did a, you know, quote unquote soft reboot. They tried to just do it and be as safe as possible. Um, and that's fine, I guess. Um, um, so in the grand scheme of things, obviously it's not top four for me. That's why it's number five and it's not as good as some others. Um, man, poor Chewie loses Han. That's the worst. Um, Han Solo dying, uh, does a lot for this movie. I think carries a lot of weight towards Kylo Ren, especially since it's his father. Um, people don't usually go around just killing their parents except for Kylo Ren, which is pretty lame. Kills them both thinks he kills them both the other one apparently can float through the <laughs> space and, um but anyway i digress towards that because i've already talked about it in length um they introduced new characters really well in this movie um finn and poe uh i i think i agree with you jp poe is probably my favorite pilot um and if poe wasn't a really good pilot he would probably be a really dumb character if you ask me his his the fact that he can fly really well is my favorite part about him. And the fact that Anakin's a fantastic pilot and Luke is a fantastic pilot just adds to why that, why I like them. It's not the reason that I like Mm -hmm. them. Um, and so I, I like that. Um, and I think it has the best music of the newest three movies. Um, Ray's theme that that's really cool. The little chime things that go on, um, are awesome. Yeah, I I enjoyed The Force Awakens. I remember thinking watching watching it in the theater with with some people who didn't like the prequels going and they came out of it afterwards going, "Oh, Star Wars is good again." And I was kind of like, "Well, <laughs> is it though? I don't, you know, I don't know if it was ever bad, and it's not bad still." Um and so, anyway, Force Awakens, I enjoyed it when it came out in 2015. Um I had a blast with it. 2015 was the reboot year, man. Uh, um, Jurassic World came out, and they rebooted Jurassic Park, and Force Awakens came out, and they rebooted that, and I had a blast watching both of them in the theater. Like, some of the most fun I've ever had in the theater watching those two movies. So, Force Awakens is number five for me, um, and that's that's what I'm sticking to. I'm not going to change it, even though... I would rather watch The Phantom Menace right now. (laughs) Uh, But that's where I'm at. Tyler, number five. Number five for me is Phantom Menace. So those are the ones that I switched. I definitely switched those two around. Well, I switched the the most recent three that I just gave. I switched them all over the place. Um, Gave them all new positions in my list. But Phantom Menace for me is number five. I just think this holds a really special place in my heart. Like, If I'm perfectly honest with you, I think it's just because... Literally, the prequel trilogy is the one that I actually grew up with, and I remember watching it in the theaters with Keelan and my dad, and I remember being by the front door waiting to go watch the next Star Wars movie. I remember that. I don't know why, but I really remember that moment. 
like, oh, we're going to go watch Star Wars in theaters. And we had been watching the prequel trilogy for years before that. So it does hold a special place in my heart. One thing I do want to say is I think I don't want to get ahead of myself here. I think Duel of the Fates might be my favorite Star Wars soundtrack. Um, I think it is. I'm not entirely sure. There's a lot of good stuff in three, and I'll get to that. But your favorite, your favorite soundtrack, meaning like Episode One, is your favorite soundtrack, or, no, no, or it's that my favorite song in particular. Duel of the Fates is my favorite track. Okay, there you go. Okay, yeah. So, one of the things that I think is really cool about Phantom Menace, and I was thinking about this as you guys were talking about it, is the entire movie from start to finish, including all of the music has the very essence of anticipation. You know what's going to happen. That's pretty cool. There's, you know, we talked about this even before we started this podcast. How much of a big deal is it if we share our number one? Do people really want to know, like, is number one the biggest deal? We already know before this trilogy starts that Anakin Skywalker is going to be Darth Vader. Before it even starts. The fact that we know that means... We're interested. We're already invested in that character. Oh, that's pretty cool. And all of the music has that anticipatory feeling to it. And uh, Keelan, Micah, I don't know which one of you mentioned this, but you kind of said there's you know some action here and there, but there's actually kind of a lot of slow points in this movie too, which is true. But they all have a lot of anticipation. And I do, like the politics is one thing. I think it's. When you think of a galaxy far, far away and the fact that it's the difference between a republic and an empire, you're kind of like, what are the odds that in a galaxy far, far away, they're having the same political issues as we are? <laughs> you know? I didn't so, think of that. Um, that part's kind of hard to find believable to me, but at the same time, it's kind of cool. Like, I, I, I can deal with the politics, I guess. Um, but... There's all that antici- yeah, there's just all that anticipation. You know who Anakin's going to be. And I think that's really cool. And there's some really cool scenes. And I'm going to say something really controversial. I don't mind Jar Jar Binks. Y'all, I don't mind Jar Jar Binks. I know he's the comedic relief and I know he can be very annoying, but I was a kid when I watched this movie. I liked Jar Jar Binks. If I'm perfectly honest, I've seen a lot of media that talks about how Jar Jar Binks, blah, blah, blah. I hate Jar Jar Binks. I can't believe they put Jar Jar Binks in Star Wars. And they almost convinced me. And then I realized, wait, when I was a kid, I liked Jar Jar Binks. Don't just go with what everybody else says. I liked him. How would? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, Side story for just a moment on Phantom Menace. I used to play out in word-for-word dialogue the entire pod racing scene with my friends in elementary school swinging on the swings. And one of us would be um, Anakin Skywalker, and one of us would be... Zabulba. Zabulba, thank you. One of us would be Zabulba, and the person who was Zabulba would have to jump off the swing when we got to the end of the dialogue. Like, we both knew it <laughs> word for word. And so it was like, you would have to make that weird sound he makes, and just, and you'd have to jump off the swing. And then, exactly, yes. Hoodoo! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then as soon as the guy said hoodoo on the gravel after the, jumping off the swing, the other guy would have to jump off. Dude, I'm pretty sure he says poodoo. Poodoo, yeah. <laughs> poodoo. More than likely. Yeah, that actually. Yeah, pretty sure it's poodoo. <laughs> so number five, Phantom Mass. Love it. Keelan, number five. Uh, my number five is episode seven, uh, Force Awakens. Uh, I want to 
say preface this not preface this because we're talking about it i cried four times when i watched this in theaters um it was such a huge deal i was i to get tickets and you know every like it was such a big event for me personally um i i think i was trying to get tickets my mom was trying to get tickets and my sister was trying to get tickets for me because it was such a big deal for me um and I think it ended up being my sister who was able to get tickets. I wasn't able to get it. Uh, it you know, if you listened to the podcast before, you know how hard it was to get a PS5. Um, this probably isn't to the same extent as that, but it was kind of close, at least for me. Uh, it was very hard to get tickets, um, but I ended up getting them. I, you know, I, I made my own Mandalorian costume. I molded and I cut my own pieces. I still have all the pieces. Uh, the the helmet is sitting right next to me right now as we speak. Um, it was a huge deal. And, um, this was before assigned seating was a thing at our theater. Um, so we still had to wait and wait in line. Uh, the movie showed at 7 PM. We're on the West coast. So that's why it was so early. Um, I was in line by 10, 15 AM in December in Northwest Washington. It was cold. It was like sleet. So like half rain, half snow. It was just, it was miserable, but we were just hanging out with a bunch of Star Wars fans. It was a great time. Uh, yeah, so it, it was a really emotional ride for me to watch it. Um, we got a lot of good Han Solo in episode seven, um, Ray and the light. So, so the, the part when, you know, towards the end, when Ray, when, when Kylo reaches out for the, for, uh, Luke's or Anakin's sky or Anakin's lightsaber and it doesn't come to him and it whizzes past him and goes to Ray's hand. I get chills every time I watch that. It's, oh, it's so good. And, um, I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, oh, well, how, how in the world could Ray, uh, go up against Kylo? They set this up so well in the movie, I think, uh, with the bowcaster. Chewie uses his bowcaster to kill stormtroopers and it flings them into somersaults and cartwheels into the air. And then there's a whole thing when, when Han Solo is like, Hey, can I try that? And he uses it and he shoots a stormtrooper and he flies, you know, like 30 feet into the air and he flips all over the place. So you, this is set up throughout the movie how powerful this thing is. And Chewie shoots Kylo with it right in the gut, like where the kidney is. And Kylo takes it, and he's bleeding, and he's like, yeah, whatever, I'm going to use this to strike me. He's still hurting, you can tell. And then in the beginning, uh, Rey rescues Finn by using her staff. She has been living on, on Jakku using a staff, using martial combat as her way to, to fend for herself. She knows her way around you know, a, a giant weapon uh, for lack of a better term, I guess. Um, and so I think it's not that far fetched to say that, um, she was able to fend against herself, uh, against Kylo and, and she, uh, Kylo also fought Finn at the beginning of this. Um, Finn got a few hits on Kylo. Um, that being said, it is very familiar. It's very much mirrors the plot of a new hope. Uh, or Return of the Jedi, however you want to look at it. They're all very similar to each other. Um, but this and this is uh, not great in the movie itself, but if you look at the you know how the, the story progresses through the next two films, um, Rey doesn't start to use the Force until after Kylo tries to like invade her mind using the Force. And then you, what we know in the next two films is that they are a dyad and they have this special connection. She learns these abilities through Kylo 
interfering with her own mind and her own being. Um, and so I think it explains itself relatively well that she's able to use mind tricks and she's able to call the lightsaber to herself um, after this. That being said, this is the first movie of a trilogy. Uh, it's not explained in this movie at all. So, uh, you you know, it. if you step back and look at it, it kind of makes sense. But if you are just looking at this movie, it doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. Um, so that's why it's so far back. Um, but yeah, I think the 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 uh, fighter fights you know with the the x-wings and the tie fighters are really great in this movie um it's great to see star wars back after what was it like 10 years or so 11 it was 2008 when it was 10 years yeah 2005 to 2015 2005 Um, so that that's probably why it it, it holds such a, a high place not a high place but um that's why it's number five for me. It's probably the one that I go to the least out of all of them. I don't think it does anything necessarily special, but at the time it was awesome. And it was so good to be back in the theater watching Star Wars with my friends dressed up. It, it was just a really good experience. So I think that's why it's a number five for me. JP five. Number five is going to be some controversy. Oh, here uh, we go. Number five is episode five. Oh my gosh. Okay, explain. The reason why, and I love my top five. I probably have changed them around multiple times in the last 10 years, uh, 15 years. Uh, well, not 15 years, but 10 years. I've changed all five of these around multiple times other than number one number one has always been my favorite one and we'll get to that later um i don't have anything really bad to say about number five i love it i love the fact that uh i would have i would love to go back into the theaters of when it came out before i was born and to have the reveal of darth vader being luke's father i would love to be there but i already knew it when i watched it for the first time which was a big kind of let down because i already knew it um because they've been they had been out for several years um but luke's training with yoda uh i love that it was probably the most realistic training we ever saw of a jedi and a master um just train like a master training a jedi where there was struggle it wasn't just like boink you got it and (laughs) all of a sudden you're able to wield the force like it's nothing like he struggled um, he was older, just like Yoda said, but I think that was probably the biggest thing is I love the training on Dagobah, but for me, I've always, like every time I watch it, it was just a slow movie. I love the storyline in it, but it was just slow for me. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of action. Um, really the only action is, the Hoth, the Hoth battle at the very beginning, which is an amazing battle. Like, I love the Hoth battle, but it's at the beginning of the movie, which, like, the best battle of the whole movie, in my opinion, was at the beginning. So it kind of sets it up for a little bit of a letdown later. Um, Luke gets destroyed by his dad, which I thought was okay. I thought it was an okay thing that he lost because um, there was so much conflict within him. 
um, because he struggles with the power. He doesn't understand them fully. And then uh, he actually doubts Yoda a lot, even though he knows Yoda's this great Jedi master. He doubts him a lot. Um, But in my opinion, number five is the best second episode of any trilogy ever. Um, It's the best connecting piece of like, uh, if there was a one, two, and three of anything, Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, it's the best second one ever. Um, it connects four and six perfectly, um, but it is a connector. It's not like if you were to watch it standalone, I don't, I, don't, I wouldn't like it, honestly, but it is a great piece to the trilogy. So that is my number five is episode five. I can't believe that. It's I, okay. It's wow. okay. I know. It's fine. It's okay. Um, I'm just going to move right along. Psych. Just kidding. Not going to quite move right along yet. This is only the first half of our ranked Star Wars episode. If you want to catch us next week for the other half, it will release Saturday morning, bright and early, on the day after Christmas. So check us out for that one. If you want, go like us on Instagram and Twitter, at Flicks and Clicks. I believe Instagram is at Flicks underscore and underscore clicks. And Twitter is just uh, at Flicks and Clicks. So yeah, check us out. And next week we'll be releasing the second half of this episode. And if you love Star Wars as much as we do, then we will be sure to see you there. I thought maybe if we was having a roast chicken one night or something.